And welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. This is episode 23. 23. Chris Jack-Stanica. Kelly. Jack Stanika. <laughs> Take your choice. Take your Stick pick. Man. <laughs> hey, both of them. I mean, hey, personally, I'd go Kelly. But um, yeah. as always, uh, brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, we've got plenty to talk about. We got actually, we got plenty to talk about today. Jake DeBrusque, oh, yeah. Winter Classic, um, the New Saints Year's game, the <laughs> Penguins, New Year's. Um, plenty to talk about. But before we jump into it, actually, what did you do for New Year's? How was it? My New Year's was good. I went down uh, Cape Cod with um, some family friends as well as uh, my parents. And we went to an old Irish bar, an Irish pub, actually. Um, I don't remember the name of it. I think it's called O'Shea's. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool. I've never been to an Irish Irish pub before. But one thing I was really excited to try was um, an Irish poured Guinness like I've, Ooh, I've had, I've good. had, it, I've so okay. So I've, I've had. Guinness, like, you have to have a certain taste to really like a Guinness. Yeah. So, okay. So the first time I ever had a, a Guinness was in college, and it was the uh, the nitro co- nitro coffee Guinness, oh, which boy. like I'm sure for like you know like the true Irishmen and the real drinkers of Guinness are probably immediately turning this episode off and just going about their day, <laughs> but because that like that shit was gross. It was disgusting, and I so badly wanted to like it. But then um, I had like a few Guinnesses, but it was I never had it um, at like a real Irish place. It was either like in a in a pint can or like poured at like freaking Buffalo Wild Wings or something, which like <laughs> they're not pouring that thing right. So I was really excited. Um, but it it like I get the hype. It was mm-hmm. like really creamy, and it, it was like I I get the hype. It's just not for me. But I did have they had this thing called the Black Velvet, which yeah. is Angry Orchard, and then they they pour Guinness into it as well. And because the Guinness is denser, the Guinness, Oh no, I don't know. Somebody tell me physics, but the Guinness, was at the, t- <laughs> the Guinness was at the top and uh, the angry orchard was on the bottom and it was really good. Um, but yeah, no, that was my new year's. They had some live music as well, um, but it was a pretty good time, you know, just hanging out with family and friends, got a th- three day weekend and day off from work, which you can't complain about that. How was sure. your new year's? You know, anything fun? Went out to eat, came back, had a couple of drinks with some friends, and that was it. Hell <laughs> it was yeah. <laughs> nice, easy, 25-year-old New Year's Eve. It was Sounds like a normal Wednesday night at the Sullivan household. <laughs> it, really, it, it was no different than any other night. I just I stayed up until midnight and I passed out. It was what easy. I what I wanted to ask you about was the winter classic. You gotta mm. fill me in on that whole experience. What was that Dude. like? Oh my god. It was unbelievable i don't care how much money i spent on that game 
I would have spent it again and probably doubled what I spent. It was <laughs> it was an unbelievable experience. It was so much fun. Dude, I was feeling left out. I on Twitter, like everybody was at the Winter Classic. There were so like, many people there. There were well, a ton, obviously. even like there's a lot of like, you know, like mutuals we have on, yes. on Twitter who were there, but also like a lot of people from like high school were there. Like people who I haven't seen in years were posting on their Snapchat story like they're, oh, I'm sitting in uh, right center f- or right center field at Fenway. Look at my view. And I was like, God damn it. And like, <laughs> and I'm here watch. Honestly, it's it's I know I always wondered with sports games like that. I mean, not this year because it was a beautiful day for a game. The weather was perfect oh to be God. sitting it, in a crowd. Dude, it but, could not have been better. <laughs> but like some of those games, like again, like the winter class I went to like 11 years ago, back in 2010 for the college game, it was like freaking 10 degrees out. And I honestly, yeah. it was a really, really cool experience. I would have done it again in a heartbeat, but like in terms of quality of like seeing what's going on, I would have much rather watched the game at home. <laughs> yeah. And no, I, and- 100%. that's the thing too, is that the seats that we had, so we were right by Pesky's pole, but we were up top. So mm-hmm. we were looking down on the field and on the rink the entire time. So it's it was almost like you were sitting in the, um, it, oh my gosh, what's it called? Uh, in the in the bleachers at TD Garden. It's like you were sitting yeah. up in the bleachers and you were just looking down. Obviously, a little bit further away, but eat, like I felt bad for the people who are out in center field or. Or even down low along like the baselines, because yeah, you ha- you're you're gonna have such a hard time seeing. But just the fact that we were up top above everything else and looking down on the entire play, it it wasn't a bad viewing experience at all. Yeah, especially like Fenway is is, I mean it's it it's the oldest ballpark for a reason. I mean you can and there's some absolute dead zones in there when you can't see oh, shit. Yeah. And even oh, like yeah. a baseball game, I mean, there's an yeah. entire field worth of stuff you can see. And like like literally some of those seats, you're sitting behind a pole, yeah. or overhang, <laughs> you can only see half the field. So like I would imagine like if you were really sitting down low, and I don't know if anybody who's listening was at the Winter Classic sitting in those lower seats, but like I would imagine like with, with the height of the boards and then the glass, like how could you see anything? Plus, not even just like looking over things like that, but the distance between your seat and then the kind of like the dead zone where there's nothing really going on. Like, I don't know, like maybe like 30, 40 feet of just nothing. And then the boards, like you're not going to yeah. be able to see anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And especially like, you know, it's not like baseball when everybody's spread out, like it's a bunch of, it's, it's, you know, including the goalie, not including the goalie. It's 10 guys in the ring chasing around a little, a little black dot. Like how, how are you going to see <laughs> yeah. that from like the third, like the third pavilion up there and like right field or whatever, sitting yeah. by the John Hancock sign. Actually, I think they just removed that. They did. But remove still, it. but that's yeah, dude. Like there were people out there with binoculars, which was definitely the move. If you were out in the bleachers, binoculars were probably your best bet to actually oh, yeah. see something. Were you able yeah. to hear them boo John Henry by any chance? Yes, it was the funniest thing in the world. It was so it was actually awesome. And Listen, I fully believe that he got bullied into signing Devers. Too. I was going to say it, def- it, def- it definitely worked. I know that there was a kid who tried to bring a, a, a paid Devers sign into yep. the stadium and they confiscated it and then of yep. course there was they even said that on tnt's broadcast that they, they made a note that Did everybody they? was everybody was booing john henry for what's going on with the the state of the red Sox at the moment and then um and then i know when he was leaving the game getting into his car he's being heckled again by everybody saying uh you know pay devers so like red Sox fans 
you have Bruins fans to thank, I think, for Devers yeah. getting re Devers getting re-signed by the Red Sox. Yeah, dude, there's a strong case there. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was less than 24. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. It was less than 48 hours after the Winter yeah. Classic ended that Devers was signed. And it's great. Yeah. And that's Bruins fans for you because like like John Henry's done some monumental things in Boston. He you know, say what you want. He's a four rings, he's a fantastic owner. Yeah. But that honestly might have been the first time he's ever been booed in his home stadium. And it wasn't even Red Sox fans. It was Bruins yeah. fans. That's <laughs> yeah. the best part about it. It's amazing. Yeah, Bruins fans will always have other Boston sports teams fans backs. So mm -hmm. you're, you're welcome for Devers. Uh, ride or die, baby. <laughs> ride or die. Yep. But um, yes, yeah, so before we even jump into the Winter Classic, though, we'll just talk about that Buffalo game really quick. That New Year's Eve matinee. Um, that was a Jeremy Swayman start. And after three straight starts um, of solid play, he kind of came crashing down again. He let in <laughs> four goals on 21 shots, um, one late in the third period. I think it was about a minute and a half to go. It was a Dylan Cousins goal. And then Alex Tuck with the overtime winner. Um, but Pasternak had a goal that game, his 25th. Bergeron had a goal, his 15th. And Marshawn had his 10th of the season. Um, Pasternak actually two point night for him goal and an assist, but either way, I mean, Tage Thompson got a goal that game for Buffalo. Same with, you know, Alex Tuck had too. they, they have a good young core dude. Yeah. Their goalie too. Uh, Uko Pekka Lukunen. Say that again. You're just gonna my say my furniture UPL, just started dude. levitating in my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna say UPL, but he's good, dude. There, <laughs> Buffalo is no longer that team that you see on the schedule, and you're just like, okay, like easy two points here. Is he? They're, is he there? Who's their normal starter? Is it him? Uh, no, Anderson, Craig Anderson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he's like know. 42 years old. Buffalo has. I wonder if Buffalo knew that Tage Thompson was gonna become this guy when they traded Ryan O'Reilly for him. I don't I don't think anybody knew. I think he, you and I were talking about this the other day. Like if you look at his career stats, like like what the hell happened? Like his first year in 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 St. Louis, 41 games played, three goals, nine points. You're like, all right, you know, he's he's pretty raw. He's a prospect. First round pick. You're hoping he can, you know, turn into something more than nine points through your the first half of the season. Yeah. Second year, 65 games, seven goals, 12 points. Then he gets traded to Buffalo uh, in 2020, 2021, 38 games of Buffalo, eight goals, 14 points. And now, like, this is this guy's fourth year in the league. Like, you know, this is – you're starting to think this might be who he becomes. And he's like, nope, I got gotcha. you. 2021, 2022, last year, 78 games played, almost a full season, 38 goals. Where the hell did he come from? Buffalo Dude. really got somebody with him. Oh my God. I'm telling you this. He's got him and Alex talk just together. The, the um, chemistry that they have is absolutely insane. Alex talk is so underrated too, by the way. And it's tough when you look at that trade, the Buffalo made between, you know, Ve with Vegas, with the Eichel deal, both of those teams came out on top. Like that was such an even trade so far. Is Tuck who they got back for Eichel? Yes. He was one of the players that they got back from. Eichel. Yeah, he's already got 18 goals. He's having a career year as well. He's two goals away from his career high, and he's only played 36 games. Yeah, they really have, and, and that's. I think you were saying too that you know, I don't think Buffalo is going to be an immediate threat uh, in the East, but like, look out for them. Like, they're going to be an exciting team this year. They're going to make a little bit of noise. They definitely are right now, dude. If you look right now, okay, the Buffalo Sabers are fourth in the Atlantic. They're ahead of Florida by a, a decent margin. Um, they are ahead of Ottawa, obviously. 
and they are only let's see they're they're six points out of a wild card spot with with three less games played than the and then the uh, New York Islanders they're 19 15 and two right now they've got a plus 21 goal differential they they've scored the most goals in the NHL more than the Bruins more than any other team their only problem is their goaltending. They've got Rasmus Dahlin in the back. They've got Owen Power in the back. They've got Alex Tuck, Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner up front. Jeff Skinner's revitalized. I'm going to say, and just to bring this back in ties of the Bruins, they're they're a legitimate threat. They're not a, a team that's you can walk on anymore. And by the way, I'm also going to say they're a dark horse to get Patrick Kane. Dark horse mm, to get Patrick Kane. I could he's see that from, too. Dude, he's from Buffalo. Um, Buffalo has the, um, you know, wh- whatever you call it, the, they have the means to acquire him. Yeah. Um, and, and then you put him on a line with Tage, you put Kane, Tuck and Thompson on a line together. That team's <sighs> making the playoffs. That team's oh making God. the playoffs. That would be the most, one of the most creative lines I've ever seen. The, the would, blasphemy, the wizardry you would see on that ice oh every night. God. It would oh. be insane. It would rival some of the best league or some Good of the best Lord. lines in the league for sure. That's and actually Buff- crazy that they've scored that. I had no idea that Buffalo scored yeah. that many goals this year. It's literally just their goaltending. And and now that they have UPL up, he's playing crazy. I'm pretty sure he's eight, three and oh. He's got a mid two goals against average and a pretty good save percentage. He's I think he's 22 years old. He's he Buffalo's Buffalo is a is becoming a legitimate threat. They got a superstar in Tage Thompson. I mean, it, they're gonna be a force for a long time, I think, yeah. in this division. You know what's crazy? The uh, the Bruins goal differential is starting to it's inching game by game. It's starting to catch up to the total amount of goals that Chicago scored. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> the Bruins have it? a Bruins have a plus fifty seven goal differential, and Chicago's only scored eighty goals this year. So they're they're twenty three back. They've only scored Listen, eighty goals this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh my if the, god. If the Bruins get a a four nothing win their next game, they're within twenty. <laughs> That's actually insane. They're so Wait, bad. Is that... Yeah, it is. I had to count on my fingers. I'm horrible <laughs> at math. <laughs> I can't math do math guys. to save my freaking life. Um, but yeah, so Bruins ended up losing that game. They dropped that one. That was pretty disappointing. Tough way to walk yourself into the Winter Classic. But now we can jump into the Winter Classic a little bit. First of all, what did you think about their... Um, the team attire walking into the game. Oh my! I that I've never seen something like that before. I thought it was really really cool. Yeah, I, re- I really thought that it was cool. I I I didn't expect that the Reds. I mean, it's at Fenway, so you would expect you know the Red Sox to be involved in it some way. You would see some sort of Red Sox branding. I don't think anybody expected the team to walk out in full uniforms from like the freaking twenties. They even they, yes. the full getup. They had like the all yes. black. Cleats. I know some of them. Like I was watching to see what they were wearing on their feet when they came off the bus, and like some of them were wearing just like blacked out Nikes. But some people like went the full distance. They were wearing blacked out like cleats, like yeah. actual really old looking cleats. They had the little gloves and everything. I thought that it was really cool. Um, 
And then obviously seeing some of the Red Sox players there as well. Like I know Kike was there. Um, the TikTok yep. that the Bruins put out of Kike wearing Bruins stuff, bumping into Brad Marchand wearing Red Sox stuff. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, wait, <laughs> yeah. a, wait a minute. That was really cool. And then they had the Red Sox players there playing catch with some of the Bruins players um, on the field before the game. I thought that it was really neat. The NHL, honestly, they do a great job every year of putting on the Winter Classic. And like the amount of size and shit that must go into that is insane. Because oh like it was, God. it was a beautiful day. It was, I was outside in a, in a t-shirt and I was like, damn, like there's a hockey game outside today <laughs> in the middle yeah. of Boston. Like that's yeah. crazy. And even like next year, it's what Seattle and Vegas. I think it's yeah. up, uh, at T-Mobile or whatever it's called where the Mariners play. Yep. Like how the hell are they going to deal with that? Good they luck love, to them. They have a, I might be wrong, but do they have a roof? Uh, the Mariners, I, 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 uh, I think it's retractable. I think they can close it. Hmm. But yeah, still, like, that kind of ruins. The, like, I feel like you got to have open skies. That's you, the whole yeah, point of, of playing on a pond. Yeah, that ruins the whole vibe of the Winter Classic if they have the roof closed. But of course, it's Seattle, so it's probably going to be raining. So yeah. who knows? But um, I don't know if you heard Bergeron either talking about the Sox uniforms that they got. Bergeron said it took him over a year to put all of that together because it Bergeron's was Bergeron's so, the one who put it together. Bergeron is the one who put it together. He, you know. It, See, I, exactly, dude. It, but he said it took him over a year to get everybody's because you know, they went all authentic. So well, then if you're wondering why, well, I think we just cracked the case. Everybody's been wondering why the hell, you know, was it Bruce Cassidy leaving that that brought Bergeron back? Was it the hiring of Montgomery? No, it's because he's been putting together all this Red Sox gear for the last year for this Winter Classic. <laughs> and he wasn't going to let that effort go to waste, damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? That's a good point. Um, so, yeah, he definitely knew he was coming back at that point last year. <laughs> Interesting. OK, well, yeah, it, it, he said it was it, he had to take that time to get everybody's cleat sizes right get the jerseys all sized up correctly like, it's insane how much he individually put into it like that's he must, a have, he must have been panicking suddenly when they went and traded for Hampus Lindholm with his big ass <laughs> feet how the hell am I gonna find some cleats to fit this guy <laughs> he wasn't even worried about how he's gonna fit into the lineup he was just like fuck no I gotta find his own jersey <laughs> yeah. oh, damn it, I gotta go out and get this thing hand sewn now yeah. what do you think what do you think about uh the goalie pads the goaltending equipment mm. Um, Omarks was sick. Was it really? I, I wasn't a fan of Omarks. Really? Well, I, I know maybe you could help me out. I was trying to find, I know that, that there was some sort of, um, significance to the stars on his pads. I remember seeing a tweet and then I forgot the tweet. And then I think my dad or somebody asked me and I, and I couldn't remember why he, there, there was something to do with the stars. Yes. I'm 99% certain that he had. Every star that he had had the number of both Red Sox and Bruins players whose jerseys are retired. So no, inside the stars, cool. yeah, inside the stars, he had their numbers, and he also had, um, I want to say, I want to say four bears on his mask that represented one person in his family. So that's awesome. Yeah, a lot his, his mask looked really cool, but maybe just a me guy. I don't know. But I thought I didn't. I wasn't a fan of this. I I love the idea of the stars. I think that's cool. But they, I just thought they were kind of bland. But I also understand the significance. I mean, the uniforms they were wearing, the decade that is from. I mean, you're not going to go out there with freaking flashy pads. I get it, but. So maybe I'm changing my tune. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into liking his pads after all that. <laughs> but I did see, I, I don't remember if it was Jari or if it was the other guy who came in in relief for him. One of them, yeah. their helmet had um, 
the Ted from the movie Ted, the bear on the back oh, of his really? helmet. Yeah, waving a flag, paying homage to Boston. It's nice to know that's, you know, when people think of our city, the first thing to think about is a Seth MacFarlane movie starring yeah. a teddy bear and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether to take pride in that I, or not. Yeah, I love the Bruins jerseys, though. I thought yes. those were, they were, and like, I know when they first released the jersey, like when it was like without the uniform, just the jersey, there was I loved it then, but I understand the mixed the mixed reactions. But like the whole jersey with the gold gloves and the socks. Yep. A work of art. I thought that yeah. they looked amazing. Dude, and then you go to the other side, Pittsburgh had like Pittsburgh probably the most sucked. boring jerseys of all that was, time. It looked like somebody made it with a coloring book. Why would you wear a, a yellow helmet with that jersey? Dude, why would you just slap a P on it? It's like they put a P in like italics and then they were like, okay, yeah. that's it. Oh my God. Like, like they were just poking through fonts on Microsoft Word and went, ah, let's go with this yeah. one. They were like, oh, that is, this one looks cool. The one that they wore though a couple years ago, the baby blue one. That, yeah, that, that one was, that yeah. was a classic. And maybe they just, they, I don't know. They fired everybody who was involved in that decision and hired a bunch of little kids because I thought that that key jersey was disgusting. I hated it. Yeah, it was gross, dude. But um, it was sorry. I was just saying it was really refreshing too to see no ads on the jerseys. Yes. Oh, true. I love seeing that, and I don't know. I've spoken about it before. I hate ads on the jerseys. I know it's a small thing and it's a stupid quarrel to have, but like, I don't know. Like, especially in hockey, like. Like the sweater's sacred, you know, and to, and to put a, an ad on it, no matter how small, I feel like it takes a little bit of, of the significance away of everybody who's worn it before you. It just, it makes it a little less authentic, I feel like. Yeah, and especially the Penguins. Um, I don't know if it's their normal home jersey or their third jersey. Oh. But when, when they played the Bruins earlier this year, it was a monstrosity because they had this huge like logo and at yep. least for the at least for the bruins uh what is it 47 or whatever the hell Rap, it is rapid seven rapid seven 47 that's a damn hat company <laughs> i would at least that would have been kind of cool <laughs> yeah at least for the bruins like the like the rapid seven logo is pretty small it's like you know it's black and white it's bruins yeah. colors it kind of blends in it's not that obvious but like that one on the penguins jersey that they had the one I'm referencing from like a couple months ago that I noticed was, was horrible. It was it's huge. Like bright blue. It, it doesn't it, fit in with the jersey. Yeah. At all. And it looked really stupid on Sidney Crosby because he had, yeah. they had to push his C over. So it was like, what is going on with this guy's jersey right now? And then I think they had their, the ad on their helmet was like freaking massive. I don't yeah. know. It's just, it was, it was stupid. And it yeah. really pissed me off, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> to the point where I years. actually like, it was literally like 20 seconds into the Bruins game. And I was, it was like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was like, no ads. There's no ads on the jersey. <laughs> I was like, let's go. I, it got me really excited. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. They No ads were on the jerseys, no nothing. It, it kept the authentic feel of the Winter Classic. But, dude, yeah. the game as a whole, just outside of all the uh, you know extra stuff from the Winter Classic, the game as a whole was insane. Uh, was. Obviously, Pittsburgh scored first. Um, and honestly, the first the first period was kind of boring. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. First, first, nothing really happened in the first period. But then things started to get going. Fenway got so loud; it was insane how loud Fenway was. But obviously, Jake DeBrus scores that first goal to tie it, and then breaks. I think his it leg. was around. He breaks his leg, and then and then with like around and scores a second goal. Third. Dude, I've never. I'm not kidding you. I've never. I've I've been to Sox games. I've been to plenty of Sox games. I've never heard Fenway that loud. I have really? never, never, dude, never. 
It was the most nuts I, thing I've ever John heard. John Henry hasn't heard Fenway that loud in quite a while either. No. Well, yeah, well, he did, except they were booze. So Yeah, that's fair. No, that's because <laughs> I even you I feel like you could feel the atmosphere watching on the TV. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, there's no way that the Bruins aren't there, there's no way the Bruins gonna host the Winter Classic at Fenway and not score. Like, come on. Like, we need to do something. Yeah. And I remember watching the game. Um you could tell it was a winter classic because guys were choppy. They were falling. They could not handle the puck to save their life. Yeah. And like, that's, you know, that's, that's part of it when you're playing outside in like 50 degree weather in the middle of Boston, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I don't know, like, like I, I feel like it was really affecting Pasternak. I think you, you could see him trying to stick handle and the puck was exploding off the stick on numerous times, but um, yeah, no, when they got that first goal, I jumped out of my couch and I was like, let's go. I think I was screaming just as loud as everybody at Fenway was. And it was yeah, it was yeah. a really good game to watch. And I thought um, like right at the beginning when when Jari got hurt, I was like, damn it. Like, here we go. Like, it's going to be one of those games. Like, it's I mean, obviously, I want to see a Bruins beat down like who the Bruins beat down the Penguins. I mean, like, who wouldn't want to see that? But at the yeah. same time, I wanted to see a good game. And whoever that guy, I don't remember his name, whoever came in for Pittsburgh. DeSmith. Uh, yeah, that's who it was. He was playing yeah. really well. Um, yeah. I thought that it was really cool. It was a really good game. One of the better games I can remember other than that first pair that was a little slow. And thankfully the Bruins are now, uh, they, they beat Montreal at Gillette, right? No, I don't. I might be wrong about that. Actually, either way, the Bruins have a winning record in winter classics because they won in 2010. Yeah. Home winter classics. Have the Bruins played in a way winter classic? Yeah. They played Chicago at Notre Dame. Oh, that's right. You know what was a really cool one um, when they when they hosted the Winter Classic at Michigan. You know what? The Bruins got thumped at Gillette. It was a five-one game. The Canadians beat us. Oh, uh, actually, now that you say that, I feel like I remember that because I feel like I was complaining that you can't lose to Montreal in the stadium that Brady built. You can't get blown yes. out like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, and who knows? Maybe that affected Brady's decision to leave and go to go to Tampa. He was like, I can't believe I play in the same city as this shitbag hockey team. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> now the Bruins are the best team in the league, and Brady's an impending free agent. So, yeah. maybe Dude, a reunion. But, but um, we need to talk about Jake DeBrusque a little bit. So, mm. obviously he's hurt. Uh, report from Ty Anderson came out earlier today that he's actually expected to be back sooner than what they originally thought. Could It could have been eight weeks minimum. But somehow, some way... He said they expect him to be back in four weeks. I, he has a broken leg. How is that? Po- how is that possible? He's just different. He's, he's, he's just so he's different. just Jake, he's just Jake DeBrusque. He's and it's and it's it's even more amazing because obviously what transpired in the game. I mean, he scored right. the only two goals that the Bruins scored: game tying and game winning. He blocked a shot at the end of the game off of his broken foot, and then yep. stood on the ice and did a post game interview. And then yeah. you didn't even know until he was shuffling out of the rink with a walking boot. Like, oh, shit, this guy's hurt. Like, nobody even knew that he was writhing in pain, that he fractured his tibia. But you're right, because I was looking at, I think, I don't remember who it was, but somebody had Google, like, you know, what's the recovery time for a fractured tibia? And it was anything from, like, six weeks. A, to, I think it was a fibula. Either way, it was his Either way. It's yeah. one of the one of the one of the ibias or something. Yeah. Whoever whoever Googled it, um, the the response to that, you know, like you can be out anywhere from six weeks to three months. And I was yep. like, well shit. And and I remember I saw people saying that, you know, with everything goes right, he'll be back in time just before the playoffs. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> because yeah. we got they got some games to win coming up here. Um, but four weeks. 
four weeks. I want now. I wonder if do you think if Jake DeBrusque was out for any extended amount of time, would they have traded for a new top line right wing? Maybe it would still be tough to work around with the cap. Obviously, DeBrusque would have gone to LTIR. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he did go to LTIR anyways. Yeah, he did. It's I think that only because of the time he's expected to miss. I think it's only one point five million that it clears up, mm-hmm. but. Either way, I, I don't think they, they would have. I think they would have tried to solve it in-house. I mean, think about it. Even with Pasta, I mean, not Pasta, even with um, JD out, the, the line rushes this morning before tonight's game, which is the uh, LA? Yeah, LA game tonight. Um, it's Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. Still an elite first line, clearly. Second Some line. call that a perfection line. <laughs> yeah. Second line, <laughs> Hall, Krejci, Zaka. Still fine. And then you got Felino, Coyle, Frederick. The way Frederick's playing, that's still fine. The way Felino's playing, that's more than fine. <laughs> and then your fourth line, you got Greer, Nosek, and Smith. And even if one of those, say you got to take out Greer, you can still slide in a guy like Jacob Lauko. They've just brought up Chris Wagner. You can still put in a guy like Chris Wagner. Um, even Mark McLaughlin. You can bring Mark McLaughlin up from Providence and have him play some minutes. This team is deep. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's going to hurt losing JD. Um, he's been playing unbelievable. He's been having a career year. Um, so losing him is going to hurt, but they, they have the means to replace him already in the system. Now, if it was really long-term and he was really going to be out for three months, you might see maybe not an elite guy being brought in here, but I think you would have seen somebody of significance come in. Maybe a second line was just placed on waivers. Yes, like I'm kind of surprised they didn't claim him. But yeah. to be fair, Vron is making I think five and a half million for the next two or three seasons. So I don't know if you know. No, I, I was wondering too, and I was wondering your opinion on it. it. You know, the Bruins called up Chris Wagner. He's back, baby. I'm happy. But why do you think they called him up and not somebody like Mark McLaughlin or one of these younger guys that they have in Providence? Probably just because. Um, they're going to use him in the bottom six. He, he, they already know he's he's comfortable with this team. He knows his role. He's got that experience. Um, he's a veteran leader, you know, leader to a certain extent. Um, I, I think they're just bringing him in to kind of ease the – just try, they're just – I don't know. I, I really don't know but because I would like to see McLaughlin too. But the thing is, I think Wagner comes up first. He plays a couple games, and then you're going to see McLaughlin in maybe two weeks. I think McLaughlin mm-hmm. makes a call, and he comes up to Boston. Now, other people were saying, why not bring up Lysel? Because he can play, I think it's nine games before um, that first year of his entry-level contract gets burned. So you could bring him up potentially for, I don't know, maybe – four or five games, let him get some reps in in Boston, see how he's doing, and then send him back down. Don't burn any of that time on his contract. I wouldn't even be opposed to that. Like, bring him in against crap teams. Let him Now, play. this is just the question, because maybe I'm dumb, but, like, do do playoff games count for that as well? So, like, say they called up Lysel, he played the last seven games of the year, and then he, could, he stayed on the roster for the playoffs. Would that continue to count for the nine games? Because I know, like, in the MLB – if I'm not mistaken, I could be. I thought when you when they expand their rosters for the playoffs and you can call up some of these younger guys, it doesn't use their, I don't know the correct term, their rookie time for say for playoff time because I believe it's it's counted as different. I could be wrong. I could have just made that up. 
I honestly, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. I, I want to say no. I'm yeah. trying to remember what happened with Sagan in, in that 2011 year. Because he, he came I just up, remember that it ended with remember. him lifting the Stanley Cup. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though. I actually don't know. Now, what uh, about, that's a good question we'll have to look into. What about, you know, obviously in practice, Poss is back on that top line. They put the perfection line back together. Would you rather do that? Or would you rather put Zaka back up there on that on that right line and keep that second line intact? I think you try Poss on the first line for a couple of games. If the secondary scoring isn't producing, if the second, third lines aren't producing any offense or they're struggling to, I think you slide pasta back down with Krejci and you put in a guy like Zaka on that first line, or I've seen some people throw Smith's name out there as well, but that I feel like that wouldn't be the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, but I, for now would rather see pasta on that first line. Cause you know, they have that connection. Yeah. You know what else I'm, they need to see too is they need to see Brad Marchand start picking it up. Yeah, they do. I think I saw on Twitter he had like one goal in 11 games or something like that. Like that is not the Brad Martian of late. And, I, you know, I wonder, do you think maybe he's having some nagging injuries from that hip? Because he he came back super early from that and he he shot, shot out of a cannon. Didn't look hurt at all the first couple of weeks he was playing here. And boy, I, I don't think I remember a dry spell from Brad Marchand like this in, in a while since before he became good all of a sudden. Yeah, I think right now Marshawn's probably still reeling a little bit from that. I mean, what was it? Double hip surgery. Yeah. <laughs> and you and you see the way that he produces offense. It's, it's a lot of it is in his skating game. He uses those tight edges. Um, those tight turns and he just shakes people off him and then he finds the open guy. And that's usually how he produces offense. Yeah. And obviously with a double hip surgery, you're first of all, you're going to get fatigued much quicker than, than beforehand. So th- it's got to be playing a little bit of a part in it. Um, um, his last five games though, he has actually, he has picked it up a bit. He's got he's got five points in his last five games. But before that, though, he he you could tell there was a little bit of lackluster production. He's still I mean, he still has 31 points in 29 games. Obviously, that's not what we're used to seeing from him, but it's it is a little bit of a step down. But I feel like that's to be expected after his health. It, it's crazy issues. too that a step down for Brad Marchand at you know, age what is he thirty three with a double hip surgery is still a, a more than a point per game player. <laughs> yeah, like literally, he's still like he's still producing at a good rate. It's just not what we're used to seeing from him. That's all. Yeah, I think the Bruins have they'll be fine, and he'll be fine too. I love me some Brad Marchand. Holy shit! The 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 best thing that I saw for the Winter Classic was watching him walk around with that smug little look on his face wearing that Red Sox jersey. It oh, was he hilarious. was so happy. He was so happy. Dude. Did you see Ch- Charlie McAvoy swinging the wiffle ball bat too? Like Jesus Christ, get in that damn lineup. The Red Sox could usually they could use him next year. Another <laughs> right-handed hitter. Dude, um, they could. Dude, oh, did you see the tweet that I put out yesterday? No. Oh wait, before we before we jump into this. Let's do the can of well- wellness ad read and then we'll okay. jump into that. All right. All right. So <clears throat> it's time to talk about the amazing can of wellness company. Can of wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can of sleep, can of mend, 
Canna Fresh, and Canna Boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. 30 it's like an entire health food store in your pocket. In your pocket. It is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely, who rely on the Canna Wellness Company to support high performance. Mel, let's talk about these talk about it. Canna Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out, when studying for an exam, and other times you need increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canna Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Canna Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or you need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canna Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Can of sleep. This all-natural and vegan sleep aid is convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage and how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to CannaWellness.com. That is C-A-N-I-Wellness.com. And use our promo code BNG25. That is B-N-G, like black and gold, 25 to get 25% off everything on the CannonWellness.com website. We thank Ken and Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins-related podcast. Sully, back to you. Let's talk about this uh, take that you had on Twitter. Dude, because first of you all, weren't even, first of all, you, you already got it wrong. wrong. It wasn't a take. It's true. And it, it, wasn't and it really pissed me off because I'll say this. I saw somebody on Twitter, Leon Dreisaitl is not getting traded. By any means, like, come on, like, let's it, it's a fan made theory and it's funny to talk about. No, and, dude. Can, no, their GM said that, that he was uh, listening to offers for him. I, I saw the only tweet that I saw was somebody tweeting um, Leon Dreisaitl is available, but they were talking about he's available to play tonight in the game because he had missed the last mm-hmm. couple games. And all the replies mm-hmm. are people saying like, oh, this is a really misleading tweet. You knew what you were doing by wording it like this. And that was the only tweet that I saw. And that was a tweet that was kind of getting everybody going. Did you see something else? Uh, keep going. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. On, well, somebody, on like the actual internet, not Twitter. Somebody that I follow, one of the BNG accounts, forgive me, I don't remember who it was, like kind of tweeted out, like, you know, if dry saddles available, would you trade Pasternak for him? And, you know, I was reading the replies and everything. And I was like, huh. And I was like, you know, this would never happen because Edmonton would never move Leon Dreisaitl and everything else that came with that. And Pasternak being as important to Boston as he is. Did you find it? Yeah, it's not real. So they're yeah. not shopping. They're not shopping Dreisaitl. Yeah, but it was getting a lot of people talking. So I was like, you know what? I wonder, you know, what people think if the trade deadline comes around and David Pasternak isn't signed yet. What do they think? So I tweeted, if David Posnock isn't re-signed by the NHL Bruins by the March trade deadline, do you think he gets traded? Hit send. That's it. <laughs> I've never seen so many people so confidently expose themselves for not knowing how to read. 
in my entire life. <laughs> there were quote tweets. There were replies. People saying, I'm a freaking moron. Why would I want to trade pasta? People, some guy used the gif, the idiot sandwich gif. People were like coming for my neck for wanting to get pasta traded. You, you took and, that gif real personal, didn't you? Dude, <laughs> didn't I, no. I was responding to like 20 people saying like, holy shit. Like, put your glasses on. Do what you got to do. Like, they teach you how to read in third grade. I'm asking a question. And then if you read my replies, I literally said, I mean, I can go through and read these replies one by one. I said about 12 times, I would not trade David Posternock for anybody unless like a guy like Drysdale or McDavid or something like that became available. Different story. But I was like, you're you're pushing all your chips in on this one year. You don't know if Bergeron and Krejci is back next year. You got to ride with this team. And you need your best goal scorer come playoff time. That's all it was. And I was just curious to see what people were saying. And, and I mean, you can go through these replies. Everybody's pretty much saying no. There were a couple people. I was going back and forth with Mark just asking hypotheticals about like, yeah, but, you know, if you get to the end of the year and Bergeron creates you retire and pasta walks, that sucks. You know, you could see what you could get for him. But like, oh, my God, like everybody was so mad at me. For, for facilitating how did like you would have thought i was taking a roll call for who wants to come burn down an orphanage with me i'm asking a question about david like if would you would you consider trading trading pasta at the trade deadline if he's not re-signed if you don't think so tweet well, no and go on with your day because it's a, i don't think so either but like i'm just facilitating a conversation it's a legitimate question too because you you can't bottom line i think pasta gets re-signed but like you said, if not, and the Bruins aren't confident that they're going to get him signed and they think he's going to walk, you need to explore that option. You have to. Yeah, you can't that, lose him and, for nothing. And, and that was, and I, I don't think that the Bruins should trade pasta, but if you're a fan of, of sports teams in Boston, you've seen the stars that have left the Red Sox. And if they had traded some of those guys, who knows what they would have? You've seen some of these names leave the Patriots. If they have traded some of those guys, you know what they could have. And David Posternock, right? Say the Bruins are rolling or say they're, the, say they're not, right? Say everybody gets injured or whatever happens, happens. Say the NHL trade deadline is in one week and it's become apparent that you will not re-sign David Posnock by the trade deadline. Would you entertain the thought of trading him? That's all it was. And people got so freaking mad. Like you would have thought I just pissed on Bobby Orr's statue. It's a harmless question. And, and I appreciate the people who like actually took it seriously. Cause I was going, I, I was mentioning talking with some people yesterday who were bringing up some good points. Um, but for the most part, I feel like the pulse of the people rightfully so who I agree with is that, I don't think you can move David Posnock really under any circumstance. He is that important to this team. This is it. Like, this is the year. The Bruins lost in 2013 with this core. They lost in 2019 with this core. This is Bergeron's last ride. This is Krejci's last ride. Who knows who's going to be around next year? Who knows if some of these young guys you got coming up are going to be any good? And you have everything is going right for your team right now. You can't sacrifice that. And, and even if 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 you, if you go all the way and you win the Stanley Cup, but you lose pasta in the end, he signs somewhere else, you take that. Because you you trade a Stanley Cup for, yeah, I just smacked the shit out of my mic. You <laughs> trade the Stanley Cup for potential uncertainty every single time. Every yeah. single time. Because it's, it's, it's so hard to get back to that stage. And if you want to get there, you need somebody like David Posnock on your team. That's all I was saying. And that's all I was asking. And I was hoping people would, you know, respond like a civilized person, but I guess I struck a chord. Yeah. I'm, you weren't wrong in any means asking that question. 
because I know I already said it, but you can't lose him for nothing. And granted, this is all hypothetical. I, in my heart of hearts, I believe they're going to sign him. Um, there was a report that came out from uh, what's his name? I think it's W E I uh, Rich Keith. Rich Keith. That, yeah. Yeah. Which turned out to just be him. Apparently, he had a brand new show coming out the next day. So, so he just did that for clickbait, and he got so many yeah. people, including myself. Like, I hate but, that bullshit, man. Why do they yeah. do that? It's it's sports radio. It's the only way they know how to quote unquote succeed. But they just throw shit at the fan and see what sticks. Yeah, they just get people going. That's it. But in all reality, though, I feel like somewhere in there lies some truth because if you're looking for a deal for Pasternak, that's probably what it's going to be around. Maybe a little more than eleven mil, maybe eleven and a half, something like that. But either way. Um, there's still no deal done. So it yeah. should at le- it should be a conversation or at least a thought. And Don Sweeney would be doing this team a disservice if if that situation were to arise and he chose not to at least sh- look around to see what he could potentially get back. Yeah. Not saying and he I- should, but I'm saying if the if it if the negotiations start trending in a negative way that is absolutely something that this front office has to look at very seriously yeah and i mean i i still i know it's the new year now and and he's not signed i still have full confidence that he's going to get signed i i think he's going to get signed before the trade deadline and i understand if you go past the trade deadline he's not signed that there's a there's a significant risk that he could leave in the offseason because i feel like you know i feel like I know he loves Boston and I know that I've literally myself have said a thousand times that I don't think he's going to leave because he loves Boston. He loves playing for the Bruins. But at the end of the day, like if you look at this Bruins roster, right. And you know that, and you're a free agent and you know, a team is going to give you probably yeah, a team could give him 12 mil out there more than the Bruins are going to give him, And you know, that crazy has gone. You know, that Bergeron's gone. I mean, th- I feel like people aren't, cons- I mean, maybe they are, but I feel like there's a significant chance that he could think about leaving. Again, I still don't think that he would, but I think that that part right there, that even the thought of him leaving, I feel like that could be enough to just, if you're at the trade deadline and it's, and and you're getting the indication he's not going to resign, it wouldn't hurt to just listen to calls. I'm not saying trade the guy, but like if, if if they did trade the guy, um, yeah, it would be significantly harder to win this year. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But like the hall of players they could get for David Posternock, I mean, you know, he you don't want to rebuild this roster or whatever you want to retool, whatever people are calling it. I mean, Holy shit, the players that they could get back for pasta. And that's just me, you know, just being the devil's advocate at the end of the day, I right, still don't right. trade pasta. I still am fully confident that they're going to resign him. And even if they get to the trade deadline and he's not resigned, I still think he's coming back in the off season. I know it's a risk. Well, you got to kind of roll the dice, but I still feel good about it. The thing with pasta, Doc too, 26 years old, he just passed Bobby Orr for to to uh, take over tenth overall in Bruins franchise goal leaders. He's at two sixty five. He's twelve away from tying Wayne Cashman for ninth overall, thirteen from passing. Um, he the the all time leader obviously is Johnny Busick, and he's at five forty five. If Pasternak stays his entire career in Boston, he has a legitimate chance to become the number one 
um, all-time leading goal scorer in franchise history. He has a chance yeah. to set legitimate records. Yeah, and I and I think someday he will, and it'll be yeah. great when they have his ceremony in '88 hanging in the rafters. But um, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, um, I mean, Pasta is he's it's more than just being a really good player on a great team. Like he is so he's so ingrained with this franchise. Like yeah. he is a, like he is a Boston Bruin through and through. Exactly. And it's yeah. not like, you know, like, uh, like Patrick line is, is, you know, like what he was to Winnipeg and suddenly they, they trade him to Columbus. Like it would be a totally different situation if Don Sweeney picked up the phone and traded David Postnock. It would be massive. Um, yes, but it would you know, be, it what, would be what, franchise altering. It would. And you know what he represents to this team but I also think more importantly, what this team and this city represent to him, I can't, I can't see him leaving a team in a city like this. I can't. I mean, he came over here when he was like what seventeen when he was drafted. I mean, he he was on he was on the big club roster. He was like nineteen or twenty. I mean, he's he's been around here through everything, and uh, he was there in that Stanley Cup loss. He was there for a couple shitty years they had before then, and like now this is like like the fruit of his loins they're t- they're finally good he's got a rocket richard trophy he's about to get a fat paycheck and he's going to get it with the bruins so i don't yeah. think that there's anything to worry about if john henry being said, can though, pay no you go if, if john henry can pay Raphael devers i i think the bruins can you know front some money to pay david Postle. Yeah. yeah you and i were talking about this the other day uh, uh when you facetime me would you you wouldn't trade David Posnock for Leon Drysaddle? No. How come? I think Poss is too important to this franchise. Um, if it were if it were like a NHL video game trade, I would probably do that. But you look at how important he is. Just he's he's going to become the face of this franchise once guys like Bergeron and Marshawn hang him up. Um, it's going to be him and McAvoy. They're going to be the face of this franchise. Um, he's going to drive the offense. He's so important in so many aspects to the city, to the team, to anything related black and gold. He is so important. Um, and I don't think that you trade a guy like that, even for a guy like Drysaddle. I mean, who knows? Drysaddle is playing with McDavid. Who knows how much of his offensive production is coming from playing with a guy who is on pace for like 180 points, whatever. That's it is. that's what I always said about Chris Kunitz. I feel like he's the most overrated player in the history of the NHL because he just yeah. played online with Sidney Crosby and ended up making Team Canada out of it. Yeah. But that's a good point because my I I'm from the the side of the aisle saying I would trade Pasta for Drysaddle ten times out of ten times mm-hmm. because Drysaddle is a better player. He's contrary to popular belief. He's the better goal scorer, right? I was just looking at the numbers. Drysaddle has scored 275 goals. He scored 10 more goals than Pasta in about 20 more games. But Drysaddle's rookie year, he played 37 games and had two goals. So, like, you remove that shitty rookie year out, and I understand he's playing with the hands down the best player in the world. Um, which you're right, maybe that does have something to do with it. But I mean, he's in my opinion, he's a better goal scorer, better playmaker, better passer. He's got a heart trophy. He's a center, which you need. He's six two, uh, but the human element of it. I mean, you're you're totally right. How important Posnock is to this team. Um, I mean, especially when they got half his country is playing on the same line with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to move a guy like that. So, part of me thinks that that's a trade that 
I don't know. I feel like that might be, that's definitely a trade that Edmonton says no to, but I feel like honestly, I think Sweeney might be leaning towards no, even though yeah. I feel like Drysaddle is a better player, but it's just pasta is so important to this team and he's so important in this organization. You can't lose a guy like that. Yeah. You can bottom line. Got to sign Pasternak preferably before the trade deadline. Otherwise, if not, Oh my God, there are going to be so many hot takes out there. So oh yeah, people are going to be freaking out if he's not signed. Well, like just like think about this, like the state of this team moving forward. Like you know, if if they lose Pasta, Krejci, and Bergeron in one off season, yep. Oh, that would suck. I don't know how many years Brad Marshan has on his deal, but I would think he would be pretty unhappy playing without his two best buddies here. And uh, you know, at least they got Jesus Christ. At least they got McAvoy and Lindholm locked up until like. 3,000, but still, I mean, nobody, you don't go to a game to watch a bunch of defensemen play. Like you want to see some goal scorers. So, um, I don't know. I still think though, I know we mentioned it before. I still think that there's a chance that Bergeron and Krejci come back again next year. I do too. Regardless of the outcome. I feel like they're having way too much fun with this team right now. And like, like you look at them and I don't remember who it was. And I think Lauren tweeted actually, um, there was somebody hit a milestone and there, it might have been Phil Kessel. I think when Phil Kessel played his thousandth game, and the whole team took took the picture together, and yeah, yeah. and I think Phil Kessel was like the only one still wearing his gear. And it just, I don't know, like it just kind of looked like somebody came in the locker room and was like, "All right, everybody, stand over there. I'm going to take a picture of Phil Kessel." But like when Bergeron, when when it was what his thousandth point, when they yeah. all got together, like like oh my god, like people, you could see spit coming out of people's mouths. Half <laughs> the people are dressed, half aren't. Like they're yeah. like you can, it just radiates. Like these guys love each other, and like Bergeron is the center of all of that. And I feel like regardless of the you know the record they have this year, like looking at Patrice Bergeron, this looks like the most fun he's ever had playing. Mm-hmm. And I I feel well, like there's a significant chance he comes back next year. Even speaking on that point, um, I think it was on an episode of Behind the Bee. Maybe not Behind the Bee. It might have been just been like a Bruins media clip. But it was at the end of the, the Winter Classic game ended. Um, and speaking on the, you know, the fact that you just made of them having like legitimate fun. Like they're legitimately having fun. Bergeron was out there and everyone was just kind of standing around the rink and Bergeron's yelling like, all right, all right, everybody, like, salute the crowd. Stay on the ice. We're going to salute the crowd. And then they do that, and then he's like, all right, all right, all right, team picture. Like, let's go, everybody, team picture. <laughs> and then they get up from the team picture. He's like, all right, group hug. And they're all like, yeah. And they're, like, oh, jumping up and down center ice. It's The chemistry on this team is through the roof. You, It's unmatched. More than any Bruins team that I've seen. I think it's even better than 2011. And 2011 yeah. was a damn that was a, close team. That was a tight-knit group. Yes. It's just, like, it, it like, it. I, I don't know. It, it seems like all of these guys like genuinely care about what, like they're not just teammates. Yes. They're not just coworkers. Like the clip uh, when they were talking about Jeremy Swayman went to Linus Allmark's house dressed as Santa Claus to give his yeah. kids yeah. presents. Like that's like, that's like, that's not like, you don't just do that for a teammate. Like that's like right. a family, like that is their families are so close. And I think they were saying that like his kids, Allmark's kids call him like uncle Jeremy or whatever, uncle Sway or something like that. Um, this team is so close. There's so much fun to watch. And like, like that's what happens when things are ceremonious in the locker room, it translates out to the ice. Yep. And like, even on, even on their bad nights, like they're still together. They're still, you know, on the ice together. They're still okay. And like, there's, there's no bickering. There's no fighting. There's no drama on the bench. 
I don't know. And I think that, you know, Bergeron looks at that and Krejci looks like that. And even Pasta looks at that and they go, damn, like it's going to be hard. It would be really, really hard to walk away from what we have here, regardless of what happens this year, if they win or not. And I think that they all come back next year. They run it all back. Yeah. And you and you look at what this team has compared to some other teams. I mean, compare it to a team like Vancouver. I don't know if you saw the, the clip of JT Miller the other day. Um but whoever their goalie is, they were they were trying to pull the goalie. The goalie didn't want to leave the net. Um, and so JT Miller is screaming across the ice at the goalie, like legitimately screaming. And the goalie's not moving. So then Miller goes behind the net, slams his stick on top of the net, and he's like, get the fuck off the ice. And then you, com- <laughs> and then you compare it to like what's going on here in Boston. And you, it's easy to take for granted, right? It's very easy to take that for granted. But it is so unmatched and it's, so important to the success of this team. If you're not having fun out there, if you're not a close group, you're just, you're not going to see as much success as you could potentially have. And the fact that this team is being led by guys like Bergeron, led by guys like Marshot, led by guys like McAvoy, you could literally go down the list. Allmark is honestly a leader now with not only his mm. play, but the way that he and Swayman act together. It's it, They lead by example. And even if Swayman's not playing up to his standards, you don't see him whining and moaning and pissing and, and you know, throwing a fit. He He's in there and he's still supporting everybody because they all know it's not about individual effort. It's They all know this could be Bergeron's last ride. They all know this could be Krejci's last ride. So they're all doing it, I feel like, for them, for their captain. They want to get Bergeron at least one more cup, and they want to do it together as a family and as a group, and you can see it so easily. It translates from the TV or from the rink, and, and you can you can see it. It's it's so close. It's unreal. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too because you can, you can literally see, like you can feel that they're playing for each other. And yes. like – as fans, like obviously we have an emotional attachment to the team that's on the ice because you know we grew up we grow up rooting for them and we pay tick money, they buy tickets to go to the games. But like I, I don't know, like I feel like this year, especially like there is such an emotional attachment to this team and to these players. Like ho- like holy, I would cut off my leg to see yeah. this team lift the Stanley Cup just to see how they would react with one another. Like, could you imagine, like, the festivities on the ice of how they would be reacting to winning the Stanley Cup? Like, wh- how, what that would mean to Bergeron. You know, you got a bunch of guys, obviously, almost the whole team, this would be their first ever Cup. Even Nick Felino, like, a guy like that, I want to see him win a Stanley Cup. What that would mean for McAvoy winning a Cup this early in his career, for Lindholm yep. playing in a dumpster fire in Anaheim, and he comes to Boston. Like, there's so many storylines. And these guys probably all recognize that. And like you said, they're all playing for each other. They're all playing together. Uh, It's amazing. All of my years of being a Bruins fan, all the games, all the teams I can remember, this has to be, I think, honestly, I can say, I know, you know, we're at like, we're not even at the all-star break yet, but this this is skyrocketing towards the top of the list for being my favorite all-time Bruins teams. There's not a, like 2011, 2011, oh, it's hard to put any team over 2011 because that team was so much freaking fun because they had Tim Thomas, who's can't even, can't, there should be a statue of the guy outside of the garden. They had Tuka Rass backing him up, who everybody knew he was going to be somebody someday. They just got Tyler Sagan. Bergeron was 25. Marshan's coming out of nowhere. They had freaking Lucic chart. Like that was Claude, even Claude Julian. Back yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, ho- like dude, holy like, shit. And even like, like yeah, Bruce Cassidy was loved, 
um, as a coach, but you didn't see emotion from him as much with Jim Montgomery. He's, he's laughing all the time. He's cracking jokes. You can tell that he just gels with the guys so well. And he's probably a major part of why this team has gelled so close together. And Jim Montgomery was just, he's, he's, uh, he's an all-star. He's the athletic division head coach for the all-star game. So as he should every, be. I, everything is just coming up Bruins right now. And it's unbelievable. They just they have personalities and yes. like, I feel like you don't see that a lot of times in hockey because that's a different story, but the NHL does a horrible job of marketing their players whatsoever, but nobody markets their players like a hometown team does. And like every single guy on this team has a personality. Like Derek Forbert went on spit and chicklets and he's a funny ass dude. He's He's making fun of himself. He's telling stories about the team, like, like Connor Clifton, uh, you know, a guy who wasn't really a serious part of any Bruins plans until this year. Honestly, like you yeah. see him, the clips that the Bruins put on Twitter of him in the locker room, like he's hilarious. You're seeing yeah. videos of Bergeron jumping up and down in the locker room, getting the whole team to sing songs like, holy shit. Like, I freaking love this team. Like they're yeah. like, it's. I don't know. Like it's, they're just a bunch of good dudes, damn it. And I want to see them lift the Stanley cup at the end of the year. If, if any team deserves it this year, it's, it's, I'm taking my Bruins fan glasses off. If, if I'm looking at it unbiasedly, this, this team deserves it. Bergeron deserves it. And I don't know yeah. if you can name another player in the NHL that deserves a cup more than Patrice Bergeron right now. And oh, that's yeah. all the heart, honest. all the heartbreak he's had throughout his career. Damn it. Yes. He needs this shit. Let him have yeah. it. You've already stolen four Selkies from him that he should have won. He should be a nine-time yeah. Selkie winner. Just let him have his second cup, goddammit. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> he deserves it. But for um, do it for Bergie. Do it for this team. I mean, just the vibes around this do team. Do it for DeBrusque. I want to I see. Yeah. Actually, let's go look at the Bruins schedule this month for January. Because um, yeah. I want to see. How do, how do you think they're going to do without DeBrusque? Actually, I think this is. Oh boy. It is going to be a good test. It is going to be a good test. <laughs> So they start with LA, which is a good game. 10:30. Damn it, dude. That sucks. Yeah, it's a late. And then they play San Jose. I think we already went through this, but then they play San Jose at 10:30 as well. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's half the country that like that's asleep. <laughs> they should start. Honestly, they, those West Coast games, latest they should start as nine. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, you know, that's what, six over there? I mean, you're home by, I mean, I know that LA traffic's crazy, but suck it up, damn it. Yeah. There's I mean, more There's more than East just Coast, California in this country. East Coast, I'm sick East and Coast, tired Coast. of this being just California's country. There's an East yeah. Coast too, damn it. <laughs> East Coast people care there's, more about hockey anyways. Yeah. They play LA tonight. They play the Sharks on Saturday. The Ducks on Sunday, um, Seattle, Toronto, Philly. I mean, they do have some tough games in here. They have Tampa, Florida, Carolina to end the month. But right before that, they have Montreal and San Jose. Yeah. Um, they have a good mix of good and bad. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Interesting to see. I, honestly, I like Pasta on the second line, but I'm kind of excited to see the perfection line back together. I, I maybe it'll give, it'll be nice. Maybe to it'll give Marshan a little bit of a jump start too. I like I know you just said he had. Too, yeah. I know you just said he had what five points his last five games or something. So it, yeah. you know it looks like yeah you know it looks like he's he's doing all right. But um, you know I mean how it, it, you're gonna have a hard time not picking up points playing on a line with Bergeron and David Postnock. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, 
But I think they're going to be okay without JD. But but you you're going to see how important he is to this team too. You're going to yeah. see that. It's going to be an obvious hole. Do you think because listen, it's never a good time to get hurt, but if Jake DeBrusque is going to get hurt and be out for 4 weeks, he picked the perfect time. Turn of the year, trade deadline's not until March. The Bruins are, you know, historic start, like freaking 30 and four, some stupid ass shit. 29, four and four. <laughs> Come on. What are we That's doing? Ridiculous. Are that we is doing? ridiculous. But like, do you think if say say it's March 1st and Jake DeBrush just got hurt, do you think the Bruins pick somebody up at the trade deadline just in case? Yeah. If it's right before the trade deadline, oh yeah. Yeah, because at least now they're going to be able to kind of run with guys like McLaughlin, Wagner, and maybe even myself just to see what they have. But if it's that close to the deadline, then you're going to need some insurance just in case. I would love to see Lysel. Boy, did you see that hit that Lysel had? The one that got on his conduct in the World Junior game? Oh, wait. Yes, I Um, did. Yes, I did. Jesus, carbon pumpkins out there. Dude just came up and took somebody's <laughs> head off with his shoulder, which is like quite impressive because he's like 5'10, this little Swede he's taking tiny. heads off. Good for him. <laughs> but I know he also, I, I I believe, was he not held pointless? He in was like the yeah, six game no that they points. played. Does that worry you at all? No. Nah. <laughs> I'm not, nah. I'm not worried. He's all right. He's fine. Yeah. I mean, isn't he like a point per game player in the AHL currently? Yeah, he's fine. Just let him let him come back to Providence. He'll he'll produce again. He'll he's all oh, hey. He's not even worried about World Juniors. All he cares about is the Bruins. So that's right, that's all baby. That How many teams do you think watched Connor Bedard this World Juniors Classic and immediately just started calling agents and selling players off their team to tank for him? Because uh, holy shit, he's amazing. Dude, he's so good. It's it's on. I'm guaranteeing you, Arizona's gonna get him. There's no way Gary Bettman lets another team get him. Arizona needs as much if help the, as they if, can get. If there was like any of those, like if there was any chance of Chicago, like clutching their pearls and her and holding on to Taves or Kane post deadline, that ship has sailed after he turned on NHL Network and watched Connor Bedard the other night. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! But that would also be a very Chicago thing to do to somehow get Connor Bedard. I mean, Connor Bedard did do the Patrick Kane heartbreak celly too, dude. Honestly, overtime goal. I like. I wouldn't hate it because they're in the Western Conference, so we don't have to deal with them unless we make it to the Cup. But yeah. Connor Connor Bedard in Chicago would kind of be electric. It would be Chicago's. Chicago is a great hockey city. Yeah, dude, and it is. It's it's not the same when their team sucks. Like, I feel like the sport's more fun when the Blackhawks are good. But at the same time, I also don't want to just hand them a generational talent. Like, I want them to really, really suck for it. <laughs> really so, earn it. Um, yeah, like, I want you to really earn it. Like, really, really <laughs> suck. Like, be um, really bad. But, like, Arizona needs this man. Like, they don't even have a stadium. Like, they just even give them Bedard, please. <laughs> yeah. And, and if it doesn't work out with Bedard in Arizona, you got to get rid of that team. Then you, you, then you tried everything. You tried you, you everything you could. You, you, <laughs> you gave out free mullets. You yeah. tanked. You got Connor Bedard. And if nobody is still coming to the game and you're still at the bottom of the of the league rankings, you got to go. We're sending you, you to go. Quebec. The, the Nordiques are coming back. You're going up to Quebec City. Yeah. Hey, well, I think we're coming to the uh, to the end of this episode. Um, we have no DMs this week. No voicemails. We we that's crazy. We, 
No, it's we honestly, held that it's off entirely ourselves. our it's entirely our own fault. Yeah, no, yeah. totally, totally forgot the tweet that we were recording tonight to ask questions. I mean, honestly, that's okay though. I mean, I kind of wanted to focus on the Winter Classic, uh, Jake mm. DeBrusque, and really go into detail with all of that. Um, but we'll save the DMs and the voicemails for next week. Um, hand up, that's on us. Lack oh. of. You know what we should make note of is our fantastic new logo. Oh yes, dude, <laughs> I love it. I, shout out to Nick to Disco. Shout out to um, Brightspace Media. Um, they helped us out with that, and it is honestly it couldn't have come out any better. It is unbelievable. It does. It looks really, really good, and it's funny because I was talking to my dad about it. I, I, uh, I know I shouldn't have, but I gave him a little early look at the logo and I showed him, I showed him the first one that Nick made um, a couple weeks ago with, with the coffee cup and you can kind of see the Bruins silhouette in it. And I remember thinking that was really good. And you and I were talking about it and then you were like, yeah, but what if there were like two bears fighting? And I was like, (laughs) okay. And then I like, I didn't hear anything of it. Didn't think anything of it. And then you called me a couple nights ago and you're like, dude, look at this. And it's a new logo with two bears fighting. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't think okay (laughs) but it it looks really good it it was it it was hard to visualize it because I remember I think you were like what if we had like uh like a like a bear like a really like (laughs) mad bear and then I and then and then um and then I I think I was like you were like well why don't we have two bears and I was like well why don't we have two bears fighting and then you were like all right gotta go and then I was like what (laughs) and then I could nothing crickets about anything i honestly forgot we were trying to get a new logo for a couple of weeks and then you sent me this the other day and i was like holy shit he actually this guy nick actually pulled off a couple of bears fighting that's hilarious it looks really yeah. good though yeah dude it, it honestly is it's beautiful it's better it's better than the one that we kind of drew up on like I don't know. Microsoft paint basically is what it looked like. Yeah. We had some horrible, some horrible ideas for logos. I remember one of them we were going to do was, uh, like like the like the Bruins logo, but like the Zakem Bridge was in there somehow. And I started <laughs> yeah. I started making it on Illustrator and I I think I like audibly gasped it. I was like, oh this shit sucks. <laughs> and then I don't think I went I went back and looked at it again and I was like, oh we'll just go with whatever clip art shit so I can pull. <laughs> yeah. And we've just been rocking with that with the bear thing and what we've been doing for a while. But now it feels like we're official. We got a real logo. We got the duo uh twitter our twitter account has been doing really well lately yeah i think we've we hit the 200 follower mark yeah well, which is dude, very uh, very exciting our old logo had a third co-host on it that was maybe on the show for three episodes oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so people people who are listening and they saw our logo they're like who is this zach guy like oh yeah been on the no show. i sent it to one of my friends um and she was like, who do you record it with? And I was like, oh, it's just it's just me and me and Sully. And she was like, well, when does the third guy come in? I was like, the hell are you talking about? She was like, well, there's three <laughs> there's three bitmojis on the cover. And I think his name, are they related? They have the same last. I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's Zach. He was here for a, a couple episodes. And I don't know what he's doing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. The beginning, the the first couple episodes of the show was so interesting. We did the the Bruins all time draft. We oh my god! So well, many, there was nothing so to do. It's yeah, like, it was the off. What season. do you talk about in the dog days of the off season? But I will yeah. say, Zach definitely made it interesting. 
There was oh, never a dull was, moment when there's a microphone no. in front of Zach. <laughs> no, it's kind of dangerous to be honest with you. And if you yeah. want to hear, if you want to hear what we're talking about, go check out like episodes one, two, three, and four. I think it was. But if you yeah. do, honestly, it's a good exercise because you can hear some of the piss poor, horrible takes that we had heading into this season. And, and, takes, and in our defense, though, audio. in our defense, I remember I was saying that um, well, Zach had zero faith in this team. Not I didn't have. I didn't have a lot of faith, but I was more so like hypothetical, like, like, okay, like if they're really bad at the trade deadline, who do you trade? And like, I was phrasing it as a hypothetical, but like, I truly believe that they weren't going to be very good. And I remember I was, I was saying like, all right, like if you want to shed cap, just trade Allmark. Like he's yeah, making yeah. five mil. You got Swayman coming up. Like that makes the most sense. Boy, did that make no sense, huh? Like, <laughs> like looking at looking, him now, like, dude, I can't even go back and it. listen to him because of all the like the horrible, horrible stuff that I was saying that just made absolutely dude, no sense. We were probably wrong about sixty percent of the things we said. Oh yeah, honestly, we you were could, dogging. Like, dude, we were dogging Felino. Yeah, as, dude, as I every, was dogging. Everybody Felino. was, but now he's yeah. like the savior of the franchise, fully goat. But like, you could you could file those first couple episodes under as like comedies because like they literally yeah. like it is like like sit back relax look at the standings right now and put on one of our early episodes and you'll see <laughs> that we've come a very long way <laughs> we've come very very far but um yeah hey with that being said um uh, don't forget you know always keep sending us dms if you get a if you have a thought that crosses your mind bruins related hockey related anything you know shoot myself nick our podcast account a uh, a dm you can follow our podcast account um on twitter at bruins something no g at the end don't forget you can call our voicemail our voicemail line is 508-263-0854 leave us a voicemail we'll play it on the pod leave a question leave a reaction any kind of thought you have send it in we'll play it on the pod um but yeah i mean with that being said this was episode 23 of something's brewing um the new logo edition we're as always we're in partnership with the black and gold productions llc you can follow them on twitter at bng productions you can follow myself on twitter at underscore mike sullivan and you can follow nick on twitter at nick melanson underscore thank you all for listening and we will see you all next week have you have you ever had Krispy Kreme donuts? Yeah, I, I had it for the first time when I was at school because I had never I had never seen them before because they don't sell them around here. Are they crispy? And no, but they are creamy. <laughs> no dude they're they're so good they're amazing i totally get the hype it's they're i mean i don't know if they have anything other than glaze but that's the og if they do have other stuff so that's what i had and man let me tell you it was like oh.